Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811, Man, oh man, a Shevitz, are we loaded again? No, I don't mean uh, like a liberal. I mean, are we loaded again? Yes, we be. This Sunday show on Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, is going to be unbelievable. Unbelievable. Believable. You're not going to want to miss this one. I know it's Thursday. I'm just saying. Very excited about it. Back in 2005. Back in 2005. There was a commission on federal election reform that was set up. And it was set up by former President George W. Bush. And the two men who led the commission were former President Jimmy Carter and former Secretary of State, Secretary of Treasury, blah, blah, James Baker. And the media barely talk about this report. And you're about to find out uh, why the media barely talk about this report. Because many of the major reforms that are in this report are exactly what the state legislatures, Democrats, the state judges, Democrats, and not just Democrats, but mostly, and of course, Pelosi and the Democrats demand. This has been a disastrous election from a law and order perspective, from a security perspective. And you notice the Democrats are perfectly happy with it. They don't say a word. Not a thing. Post office, perfect. No foreign country interfered. No, 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 no. Joe Biden won fair and square. A few weeks back, the Heritage Foundation put out a piece called Seven Ways the 2005 Carter-Baker Report Could Have Averted Problems with the 2020 Election. Now, you have to keep something in mind. 
The Democrats want problems. They want chaos. They want anarchy. That's what they want. They don't want a smooth-running election. They didn't want one in 2000, and they don't want one this time. Smooth-running election, you know, Donald Trump wins, like he did in 2016. So they had to create problems. They had to change rules by hook or by crook. So as the Heritage Foundation, Fred Lucas, says, uh, let's take a look at the 2005 panel's recommendations relevant to this year's election. Number one, remember Carter signed off on this, voter IDs. Wow! So Carter is a white supremacist. With the vast expansion of mail-in voting, voter ID requirements were less likely. Get it? In fact, almost all requirements are less likely, especially if you live in these battleground states. Today's states have a patchwork of voter ID laws, with 36 states either requiring or requesting voters to present ID at the polls, according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. And they say only six states have strict photo ID requirements, Georgia, Indiana, Kansas, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. So none of the Democrat states. The Carter-Baker Commission called for voter ID standards nationwide in its 2005 report. And I quote, to ensure that persons presenting themselves at the polling place are the ones on the registration list. I mean, this is all common sense. The commission recommends states require voters to use the real ID card, which was mandated in a law signed by the president in May 2005. Now, the card includes a person's full legal name, date of birth, a signature, a photograph, and the person's social security number. This card should be modestly adapted for voting purposes to indicate on the front or back whether the individual is a U.S. citizen. Well, we know that shows uh, voter suppression, particularly in the inner city and the minority communities, because the Democrats have told us this over and over again. Number two, mail-in and absentee voting risks. In a brief filed supporting the Trump campaign's Pennsylvania litigation over mail-in ballots, a group of Republican state attorneys general referenced the Carter-Baker Commission report when it comes to mail-in voting and ballot harvesting. And the 2020 election trends seemed to shift dramatically as mail-in votes were counted. Further, many questions have emerged about the point of origin for ballots. Now, these questions haven't emerged among never-Trumpers or some of the elected Republicans in Congress like this Adam Kingzet guy or at National Review. It's time to move on, you know. Trump's disgraceful because he's challenging these things. Specifically, the report called on states to prohibit third parties or political operatives from collecting ballots, a practice commonly known as ballot harvesting. Now, here's what the report said. Absentee ballots remain the largest source of potential voter fraud. State and local jurisdictions should prohibit a person from handling absentee ballots other than the voter. An acknowledged family member, the U.S. Postal Service, or other legitimate shippers or election officials. The practice in some states of allowing candidates or party workers to pick up and deliver absentee ballots should be eliminated. Wow, that's going to eliminate a lot of voting in the inner cities. 
But this year, as mail-in voting veered into becoming a partisan issue, the Carter Center issued a statement promoting support for mail-in voting. But maintaining the safeguards should be in place, and he was against voter harvesting. Number three, avoiding duplicate registration across state lines. Imagine that. And by the way, we're finding more and more that the voting system in Georgia is a complete cesspool. And intentionally so. More on that later. In Nevada, the Trump campaign asserts there were potentially thousands of -of out-of-state votes cast in one of the most costly, excuse me, closely contested states. Now, the Carter-Baker report states, invalid voter files which contain ineligible, duplicate, fictional, or deceased voters are an invitation of fraud. In order to assure the list take account of citizens moving from one state to the other, voter databases should be made interoperable between states. The report calls for states to maintain and update their voter registration lists. They don't. And so when you have a state that just mails out universally mail-in ballots, not even the people who ask for them, you're asking for trouble. And that's exactly why Democrat elected judges, Democrat elected governors, Democrat elected legislatures, Democrat elected secretaries of state support it. Election observers for integrity. This is in the 2005 report. In Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Nevada, Republicans have complained that qualified election observers have been prohibited from watching the count. And by the way, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania underscored that. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania knocked down an appellate court decision that said, look, the the observers need to be able to actually observe, so they need to be at least six feet away from where the ballots are being counted. And the Supreme Court said, no, 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 the law doesn't say that. They just have to be in the same building. It's a rogue court by every standard. Number five, the 2005 commission report. Voting machines have also been a significant issue in 2020, particularly in Michigan, as one county there flipped from Biden to Trump after a hand recount showed the machine count to be inaccurate. And the Carter-Baker Commission suggested machines print out paper receipts for voters to verify their vote was accurately counted. Now, that is not what the Dominion voting system does. Quote, states should adopt unambiguous procedures to reconcile any disparity between the electronic ballot tally and the paper ballot tally, the commission is strongly recommending that states determine well in advance of elections which will be on the ballot of record. Number six, according to this commission 15 years ago, media calling elections. And you can go down every one of these and see that the opposite is occurring. And who's pushing the opposite? Not the Republican Party. The Democrat Party. Not the Trump campaign, the Biden campaign. And they say, the 2005 commission report addressed problems with the media, suggesting news outlets voluntarily offer candidates free airtime and also show restraint in calling a state for one candidate or the other. The First Amendment would prevent any such rule from being mandatory, 
But they're urging the media not to do it. But the media could care less. News organizations, they wrote, should voluntarily refrain from projecting any presidential election results in any state until all the polls have closed in the 48 contiguous states. News organizations should voluntarily agree to delay the release of any exit poll data until the election has been decided. They don't do that. Then finally, prosecuting voter fraud. In July of even-numbered years, the U.S. Department of Justice should issue a public report on its investigation of election fraud, and it goes on. I want to reiterate and hence underscore my proposal from last night. And I'm hoping the President of the United States will quickly appoint a commission on election integrity. Putting constitutionalists on the court, not activists, not leftists, only constitutionalists who actually care about the Constitution. Put them on the commission. And they should take whatever time they need to investigate what took place in this election. They're not going to be able to get it done before January 20, and that's okay. This commission doesn't have the power to prosecute or anything of the sort. They need to look into this. Because you can be damn sure there's not a committee in the House that's going to, given the fact that the Democrats have a tiny, slim majority there. And you can be damn sure that even if the Republicans hold the Senate, it ain't going to happen in the Senate either. And as I said last night, some of you may say, well, Joe Biden will abolish it. Then let him abolish it. Let him continue to obstruct. And then we deal with it. And then we deal with it. Lots more. I'll be right back. Mark in. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. You've probably seen on the internet, those of you who are in drive time probably have not, more evidence of fraud. You know, they can't say, well, there's uh, literally, there's no evidence of fraud out there, uh... Of course, there's tons of evidence. There's tons of signed affidavits under penalty of perjury. And the people who say there's no evidence won't look. They just like to hear themselves talk, and they regurgitate this. And some of the evidence is more powerful than other evidence, for among other reasons, you can actually see it on video. And there was a piece of this evidence uh, on uh, Right Scoop, as well as other sites, but we like to look at our friends at Right Scoop and 
the Bongino Report and Conservative Review and The Blaze and and uh, there's so many others. Instapundit, I can't name them all, which we enjoy. And uh, there's a lady testifying about uh, what she saw and what took place. Basically, suitcase full of ballots. Suitcases full of ballots. Now, I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen. That seems a little suspicious to me. I mean, normally, what do we put in suitcases? Well, liberals usually put, you know, marijuana and stuff. But clothing, I think, we put in suitcases, not ballots. But let's hear some of what this young woman had to say after the bottom of the hour. We don't have enough time right now. And I dare any news organization to track this down and to give us an answer. Instead, we have reporters who basically say, well, you know, we asked the state officials and the state official and the voting commission official and the state board of election official and uh, the secretary of state, the official position is, is that what reporters do? Now, we know what CNN's going to do, thanks to James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. They're killing all this. And as goes CNN, so goes MSNBC. And as goes those two, the Siamese twins of imbecility, so goes CBS, NBC, and ABC. And as goes all of them, so goes the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. And I'll say it again and again and again. Why would anyone trust newspapers that covered up the Holocaust? I don't understand this. What are they saying in the New York Times? I wonder what they're saying in the New York Times. Nothing worthwhile. I think the New York Times today, didn't this Davy Alba or whatever her name is, didn't she have me in some kind of conspiracy against uh, Bill Barr or something, Mr. Producer? Not... Yes, this this woman is obsessed with me. Young lady, I'm married. I'm married. Stop stop stalking me. In any event, uh, although I do understand the, the urge, but stop it. Uh, in any event, I like Bill Barr. I'm not part of a conspiracy to get anybody. Except you people on the left. I'm leading the conspiracy. You've heard of QAnon? I'm Mark Nan. Oh, Mark Nan. Have you heard him on Parlor? Oh, yes. Mark Nan on Parlor. Check it out. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto Come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. 
Is that a copy of the Constitution you've got? Are you just happy to see Mark Levin? Call him now at 877-381-3811. As we like to say in in, uh, South Philadelphia in particular, Mr. Producer, are you ready? Are you ready? So here's a woman at the Georgia State Senate hearing today, which was ignored by 99.9% of the media. Now, if they were having a Russia collusion hearing, I'm sure they would all be there, wouldn't they, Mr. Producer? Nonetheless, we give a hat tip to our friend at Right Scoop. Listen carefully. Cut 11. Go. So according to the witnesses, the Republican observers, there is a lady who has blonde braids who comes out to announce we're going to stop. Well, blonde braids are always attractive, aren't they, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Everyone go home. And in fact, we see that. What happens is everyone clears out, including the Republican observers in the press, but four people stay behind and continue counting and tabulating well into the night. Well, let's say, is that a problem? Four people stay behind. They told the Republicans to go home. The Republicans go home. Four people stay behind. Are you trying to infer something? Go ahead. That point, which is going to be about 1025 when they all clear out or 1030 and they will continue counting unobserved unsupervised not in public view as now your wait statute a minute. so they're counting without the republican observers they told them to go home so nobody's watching nobody in the public no republican observers what are you trying to suggest my goodness go ahead until about one in the morning the reason we know this... So they're counting feverishly until one in the morning. All by them, they're lonesome. Wow. Go ahead. Because when our Republican observers were forced to leave, they went to the Central Tabulation Center, and they got news from a, or word from a news crew that, in fact, counting had continued... They have information that not everybody left, according to plan, and some people stayed behind. So this shocked them. So they returned back to State Farm Arena at about 1 o'clock in the morning, where they confirmed that, in fact, people had just left State Farm Arena in contravention of what they had been told by the supervisors who are running this operation. Hmm. So far, so good, if you're a Democrat, right, Mr. Producer? Have you noticed there's not a single Democrat that's concerned about any of this? Have you noticed there's really not a single news person that's concerned about this? You know, I talked to state officials about this, and they said this is uh, quite typical, actually. Uh, This is the sort of way we do it. Some people get tired, so they work in shifts. That's all, they work in shifts. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the nature of our media today. None of this is on CNN. CNN would be a perfect news outlet for, like, communist China, fascist Russia, Islamo-Nazi Iran. They'd be perfect. They wouldn't have to change any personnel, change any of their rules. They'd be perfect. Cut 12, go. At about 8 o'clock in the morning, we're going to roll this back and show it to you. There you go. So now they're going to start pulling these ballots out from under so this, this table. this is a video. And now they're showing they're pulling out what looks to me like luggage from under a table. What? Maybe they just were preparing to take a trip to Florida to see Grandma. 
Why are you so suspicious out there? Go ahead. This table, the black one, was placed there by the lady with the blonde braids. Ah, the blonde braids. She obviously has a problem with blonde braids. Go ahead. 8.22 a.m. in the morning. So she put that table there. So the same person who's staying behind now, the same person who cleared the place out under the pretense that we're going to stop counting, is the person who put the table there. So let's, let's, let's regroup. So a woman with blonde braids comes in and tells everyone to clear the place out. We're closing down. The Republicans go, the others stay. And they're counting feverishly through the night. Then around one in the morning, they leave. The Republicans came back and said, wait a minute, uh, we're told you're counting. No, we're leaving. Then they show back early the next morning with a table. A table, a table. You find that suspicious? Then what? Go ahead. At 8.22 in the morning. Yeah, I saw four suitcases come out from underneath the table. Well, maybe she's doing a magic trick, Mr. Producer. I mean, it's the old four suitcase magic trick. You've seen that before, haven't you? Oh, yes. Thousands of ballots in one suitcase at one time. An hour later, they disappear. It's a magic trick. People know we've seen this magic trick before, haven't we? What's the problem? Go ahead. Yeah, upper right hand. This is all on video. Red. So he just pulled one out. Because the idiot, the woman in the blonde braids, doesn't realize there's security cameras. She brings in a table and four suitcases after cleaning the place, clearing the place out. Go ahead. So what are these ballots doing there, separate from all the other ballots? And why are they only counting them whenever the place is cleared out with no witnesses? You have no proof. Uh, I can hear National Review now. Where's your evidence? Where's your evidence? How do we know they weren't all ballots for Trump? Surely you jest. How do we know? Where's the evidence? A court of law is not going to accept this. This is speculation. Just because a woman with blonde braids tells everybody to leave, but certain people stay and they're still counting, and then at 1 a.m. they leave when the Republicans are coming back, then they show up again at 8-something in the morning with a table and four suitcases, and the suitcases are under the table, and they open the suitcases. Just because there's ballots in there doesn't mean anything on Tawdry's going on. Motion to dismiss, gone. Out. The Trump people lose another one. Their lawyers just don't know what they're doing, ladies and gentlemen, you see? Go ahead. Is the question. So, these machines can process about 3,000 ballots an hour. You have multiple, multiple machines there, and they're there for two hours. So you do the math. How many ballots went through those machines in those two hours when there was no one there to supervise, to be present, consistent with your statutes and rules? Well, you sound like a white supremacist to me, and you sound like you want to suppress the vote. I think there's something wrong with this woman, don't you, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. To supervise the tabulation. We believe that could easily be, and probably is certainly, beyond the margin of victory in this race. Pure speculation. You can't prove that. 
Case dismissed. Case dismissed. You must be a conspiracy nut. You part of QAnon? Are you part of QAnon? Do you have a site on Parler? I need to know. We need to know. I'm sure you don't read the Washington Post and the New York Times like the rest of us well-advanced human beings. No, no, no. You must be part of the QAnon conspiracy, and you must be a right-winger. Go ahead. That's it. One of thousands of examples across multiple states. In this case, they happen to have a video. How hard is it to find this woman with the blonde braids, Mr. Do You think it's hard to find her? I would think they'd be able to track her down. They have a video. They know what she looks like. And the others in the room. Easy enough to resolve this, I would suggest. If people want to resolve it. It's very difficult for citizens bringing their own civil actions and so forth to get justice. Where's the U.S. attorney for this part of Georgia? Where is he? Where is he? Where's the cyber idiot that uh, the president fired the other week who said this was the cleanest election in American history? Obviously, he's one of the stupidest people in American history. But because he said that, he got, a, he got an interview on 60 Minutes. Now, why do you think he got an interview on 60 Minutes? Because he's a Trump hater, that's why. You want to get on TV? You want to be in the New York Times or the Washington Post? You want to be celebrated? You have to be a Trump hater or the Chief Justice of the United States who's figured out how to get positive press. May I say, some people say this is harsh. I'll say it's not harsh enough. By undermining the Constitution, you're supposed to uphold. Now, before the election, of course, we had the very same media that is censoring all this and absolutely silent when it comes to this. Telling us that the President of the United States was preparing to use the military to steal the election. So the same media that will not accept Video evidence of likely felonious activity was telling us before the election, Democrats and the media, that Trump was going to use the military to steal the election. They're the ones who are mentally sick, Joe Scarborough. Look in the mirror, Joe. You have to admit. You have to admit you want a do-over. You look in the mirror and say, God, give me a do-over. Mark Levin's right. I do look like that kid on the bridge in Deliverance. I don't know what to do about it. And I mumble like the kid, too. He's an inbred. Montage, cut 13, go. I think we were looking at a potentially a trial run for a kind of gen- a genuine attempt to, 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 through intimidation and potentially through force, to try to, uh, to, try to steal this election. Now, this is John Heidelman. Hi, Heilman, who's on MSLSD. Now, he should have been fired. He should never be back. But they like him, so they have him on even more. Now we have a former attorney general of the United States who goes by the name of Eric Holder. Go. If he loses, and I expect that he will, uh, we have to be prepared for things that this nation has never faced um, before. 
And unfortunately, that could involve the use of, uh, you know, these these forces. These, These people are mentally ill. Absolutely unhinged. Like the man they supported, Joe Biden. Now Maxine Waters. She's a straight shooter. Go ahead. Suggested that this is a trial run by the president of the United States, who may be organizing uh, to not accept uh, what happens when we have the election. Now, you stupid people out there, of which there are very few in this audience, but I guess I'm talking to the CNN, MSNBC crowd. You truly stupid morons out there. Maxine Waters should give you hope. You could run for Congress and get elected too. You deserve representation too. No question about it. Nancy Pelosi, perfect example. She became Speaker of the House. Absolutely moronic and stupid. Speaker of the House. Anybody, see? Anybody could become Speaker of the House. And don't get me going with Chuck Schumer. All right, let's hear more of Heilman. Hi, Heilman. Go ahead. I think we should all take very seriously the prospect that this is, as I say, a dress rehearsal, a trial run. You know- now, this, this, uh, this freak is often, I'm told, on the... Morning Schmo show with the Schmo and Mrs. Schmo. They think he's great. MSLSD doesn't get rid of the guy. Say, look, you sound like a nut. We can't have you here. Go, go over to CNN. No, they don't do that. Comcast owns these companies, and Comcast thinks this is great. How many of you have Comcast cable? Well, you ought to get rid of it. Now we have this guy. He's like a big dork out of Oregon. His name is Ron Wyden. He's had more facelifts than Nancy Pelosi. I'm quite serious. I mean, he's got his skin tied so tightly behind his head, it's coming out through his nostrils. All right, go ahead. A line in the sand. This country may be looking down the barrel of martial law in the middle of an election. Now, this guy's elected by the good people of Oregon, really the bad people of Portland. That's really what's going on here. You know, we're, we're really looking down the barrels. Marshall Law in the middle of the elections here. Are you a senator? Yes, I am. What state? I'm senator of the state of confusion. I mean, Oregon. Pretty damn scary, isn't it? I'm glad they're stealing more and more of our property and liberty. So geniuses like this can rule over us. Isn't that cool? Let's continue, shall we? We have James Clapper. You ever see that that show with the old lady clapping her hands and the light goes on? Remember that one, Mr. Producer? Are you too young for that? That was not named after him. Because when you, James Clapper claps his hand, he's like a seal. He wants some sugar. All right, anyway, go ahead. This is, I guess, the president's own version of martial law since the real You know, this is the president's own version of martial law, I tell you. I tell you, this is the martial law, the president here. Let's hear more of Hi Heilman. Go. Uh, It's kind of pushed back from doing that. Is there anybody, having watched Donald Trump for the last three and a half years, who doesn't think that Donald Trump would try to employ martial law if he thought it was the only way? All right, right, that's enough. They yank this guy out of his padded cell every now and then to join the freak show that is the morning show. This is Heilman. He is a sick bastard. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, Levin for Hillsdale.com. So the new narrative being pushed by the media, by the way, is these challenges to what took place on November 3rd are going to cost the Republicans two Senate seats in Georgia. How so? I distance myself from those who say the Republicans shouldn't vote or they should demand this or that. Republicans need to turn out in massive numbers and put down this revolt once and for all. And we're going to need to turn out in massive numbers, even more than the percentage of fraud. And so we need to redouble our efforts, my fellow patriots in Georgia. We need to quadruple our efforts, actually, and turn out in masse. And push back these radicals who want to destroy our country. No, we don't want Chuck Schumer to be the majority leader. That said, the effort to say that these lawsuits and challenges to what took place in the country, unless you stop doing this, the Republicans will lose in Georgia is more BS. Fight them at every point. Fight them in every state. Fight them in every court. You think they'd be giving up with their Russia crap and all the rest of it? Why do you think this election in Georgia is so important? Because they want to destroy the judiciary and the Senate and the Electoral College. As they've destroyed so many election processes in our states. Why do you think it's so hard to win in Georgia now? Because they screwed up Georgia. So fight hard and vote. And vote. They're going to vote twice. Make sure you at least vote once. We fight in Georgia. We fight in Pennsylvania. We fight everywhere. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Red Bear, who I consider a friend, um, he has a little son by the name of, he's more than one, but he's got a son by the name of Paul, who's had multiple heart surgeries, and he just had another one. So we want to wish the Bear family and little Paul Godspeed. I can't imagine dealing with that. I can't imagine going through that. But uh, we wish him all the best from uh, from all our Levinites here. 
Fox is uh, advertising that they're going to cover the debate or a debate in Georgia Sunday at 6.45 p.m., a special uh, special coverage. So I'll advertise that immediately after that at 8 p.m., Life, Liberty, and Levin is going to be on, and it is a kick-ass show. May I say kick on the air, Mr. Producer? Am I allowed to use that word? It is a kick-ass show. Now, how do I know this? Because I'm going to have a killer monologue, too. We're going to have the great Daniel Horowitz and the great founder and uh, director of the Discovery Institute who wrote a great piece, a lot of greats, in The Spectator. And honestly, this is a big show. You're not going to miss, you're not going to want to miss this one. So if you can't watch it live, definitely DVR it. Look, I'm not going anywhere. Ratings or no ratings. I'm trying to push the mission here, and I really believe in my mission and your mission. As I told you, I'm an advocate for America, for liberty, for the Constitution. I'm an advocate. I'm not a phony, fake, fraudulent journalist who pretends to be objective, but are advocates against all those things that we stand for. I want to talk about Georgia a second. First of all, I don't like all this trashing of Linwood and Sidney Powell. And they bring out Linwood's voting record, and then Linwood responds with all these massive contributions he's made to Trump and so forth. A month ago, we were all thrilled with Linwood, the lawsuits he brought against these various media companies, and successfully so defending those kids who were targeted by the media. It's the same Linwood or Sidney Powell, who successfully represented Mike Flynn. It's the same Sidney Powell. I don't agree with any suggestion that you should sit home or demand this, that, or the other, or you're not going to vote for Republicans in this Senate race. The reason you vote for those Republicans in that Senate race is to save the country. So we can say that without trashing our friends. And so I want to talk to the people in Georgia. The rest of us in these other 49 states, there's not a damn thing we can do about this other than make contributions to these Senate candidates, which, by the way, we have. My wife and I have. And so unlike others, I tell the truth, we have. We must save this country. This is why when I hear the media now regurgitating the line that if we continue to fight it out in the states in these cases, that we're actually going to cost those two seats in Georgia. That's irrational. What does that have to do with anything? The Democrats want us to roll over on the litigation, and then they want us to lose in Georgia. So that's why the media repeat this stuff. That's why you have to ignore this stuff. And so the media are laser-focused now on Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell. Why? Because they want to distract us. Lawyers say things all the time. People say things all the time that we disagree with. So why are we focused on this? Those of you who are able, all over the country, not just in Georgia, but all over the country, to contribute to these two Senate candidates, contribute. Do everything you can. We don't give up. We don't give up. It's like these lawyers, these former federal prosecutors and professors, 
you know, I predict you're going to lose that case in the Supreme Court. Well, thanks a lot. What does that have to do with anything? We have to fight these cases. They sit on the sidelines. They put out their blogs. They want their hits, and they want you to, I told you that. I told you about latches. I told you. What? What are you talking about? There are people who are, who are working sleepless nights to get these very powerful briefs in front of the right courts. The courts have been cowardly, absolutely cowardly, including the United States Supreme Court. It's disgusting. When we actually need judicial review, we can't get it. And then in other cases where there's really no federal question, they nationalize the issue, they grab it, and they decide it. There's some nasty stuff going on out there. The left is also running billboards, as you can see, attacking Purdue and Loeffler from the right, saying they never supported Trump, don't deliver for them. So this is an effort, dirty tricks, stealing elections. This is becoming the norm for the Democrat Party. We need to crush them, crush them. We need to kick their ass. And we need to hold the Senate. And so this is my message to all of you, all the patriots, all the constitutionalists, all over the country. The word is Georgia. Georgia. We need to defend Georgia. Many of you live in blue states, you say, what can I do? You know, I'm in California, I'm in New York, I'm in New Jersey. Well, first thing you can do is move. But nonetheless, what can I do now? Georgia. You can do Georgia now. Found out how to support these candidates and support them. What's 25 bucks if you're employed, obviously? What's 25 bucks? 10 bucks, 5 bucks. If you're unemployed, it's everything. I'm not talking about folks like that. You understand. And we must do everything we can do. Chuck Schumer told us what he's going to do. This is what amazes me. They lie and cheat. And then they tell us if they win the Senate, they're going to burn things down. And isn't it interesting that you don't hear any voices, again, in the corrupt media, outside maybe 1% or 2%, saying, you know, that's a problem. You heard me play that. Donald Trump and martial law. Donald Trump and martial law. Donald Trump and martial law. Donald Trump, this Heilman, Heilman, and the others. When the totalitarians are in the Democrat Party. So the media are going to keep playing up Linwood, playing up Sidney Powell, because that's their focus. They want controversy. That's what they believe in. They're doing that more than they're talking about all the corruption that's taken place in this election. Both the institutionalized corruption, such as the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, and the other corruption. Here's a guy called Mike Barnacle. And the name fits Barnacle. He's a barnacle on a horse's ass. May I say that, Mr. Producer? The word horse. Is that okay? This guy plagiarized as a columnist. But leftists... They take a break for three or six months, and then they're always back. Look at Brian Williams. You know, uh, 
When I was flying that F-35 over Iraq and taking out targets over there, they shot at me pretty... Brian, yes. Are you with us? Well, of course. What's the problem? You're a nut. So, Brian Williams, Mike Barnacle, look at this MSNBC lineup. Oh, always not so sharp then? All the losers of society, like Andrea Mitchell's on MSNBC, doesn't get any lower than MSNBC unless you're on, you know, sonograms. And then, what else do they have over there? I don't, oh, the morning joke. I couldn't make it in radio. Remember that one, Mr. Producer? They, they used to be on radio. The Duel, the two, long ago when they were partnered up with other people. Mike Barnacle and uh, what's her name? Can't even remember her name at this point. That's a good thing. Mika, oh, Mika Brzezinski. And uh, I remember they were, they were let go and they said, we're taking a uh, hiatus to, a creative hiatus to come up with, a, with, with different content and, and reposition our radio show. Today they would say reimagine, as you know. We want to reimagine our radio show. They never came back. Why? Because they suck. That's why. They couldn't get ratings. They couldn't get advertisers. More than that, they couldn't get an audience. They sucked. The morning schmo wanted to work for Fox. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? He wanted to work for Fox. Yes, that's right. Four years ago, he was a Trumper. He and the little lady, they were Trumpers. I mean, they ran around like the, uh, you know, like the Mickey Mouse Club. But it was the Donald Trump Club over there in MSLSD. Then things went sideways in their personal hate and contempt. Their obsession uh, has obviously not let up as they broadcast from, from Jupiter, Florida and pretend that they're in Washington, D.C. But nonetheless, so much about them is fake. So here's Mike Barnacle on the morning, Joe. Now let's, let's see how unhinged this fool is. Cut 10, go. Where are the Republicans? Where are the Republicans? Why won't they join us? Why won't the Republicans join us in attacking our country and crapping all over the president? Where are the Republicans? Well, you've got one. You've got a schmuck there like Michael Steele. What a fraud he's been. You can find them. Like this Wallace, who was a McCainite. What a low life she is. We can name them all. Steve Schmidt. His, his initials are pretty good, Mr. Producer. Mr. SS. Go ahead. Where are the Republicans? Where are the Republican the United States senators who perhaps heard of or listened to that 46-minute mentally ill rant last Chris, night? So it wasn't a rant, you unhinged buffoon. It was actually a well-thought-out speech. And you should have listened to it, because I know you didn't. But now they get on these programs with their knee-jerk responses and just say whatever you want about the President of the United States. But we're supposed to unite behind Biden, who's a real POS. May I say that? I think I did. Hung out with segregationists, opposed the... uh, the integration of neighborhoods because they were jungles and he didn't want to send his kids to jungles. Oh, that's all cleaned away. Tara Reid, 
How he molested her? Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. All those women who he fondled? No, 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 no. What about Trump? I'm done. I'm done talking about Trump in this regard. We've heard it day in and day out. I'm talking about Biden. Biden flunks courses, brags he's the valedictorian. You know, uh, I, uh, I, I graduated. Shut up, you idiot. Go ahead. President of the United States. Where are the Barry Goldwater? They hated Barry Goldwater. Don't you remember, ladies? Well, those of you who are too young. They hated Barry Goldwater. They tried to destroy Barry Goldwater. Where's Barry Goldwater? Where's Ronald Reagan? They hated him, too. They hate us all. Where's, where's Reagan? They wanted to impeach Reagan? All the liberals, the Republicans, the Democrats hated Barry. Where's Barry Goldwater? Where's 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 uh, where's Barry? Go- where's Ronald? Re- where's George W. Bush? All these people. Remember, he was an illegitimate president. Bush. Go ahead. Scott's from a long gone era. Where's Hugh to- Scott? Well, where is uh, where's uh, where's Ted Williams? Uh, where's a uh, Dizzy Dean? Uh, where where's uh, Ty? C- Shut up, you idiot. Go ahead. House to tell Richard Nixon that he had to go. Anyone who listened or heard what Donald Trump said last night and were commissioned by the people of their states to represent the state and the country who did not think maybe we should go down and take this away from him. Hey, let's go down to the White House and take this away from him. Go ahead. The 25th Amendment before invoke the 20. You don't even know how that works, you fool. Tell me, fool, do you know what the 24th Amendment says? You don't know a damn thing. You sit there like a parakeet and just repeat what you've heard. You contribute nothing, you you don't think for yourself. I guess that's why you're you were plagiarist. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Now, Nevada, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats want to count every vote. And not to do so is suppression. By white supremacists, of course. The Nevada GOP has tweeted out the following, and they collected this data and apparently checked it against their database and the database that the RNC has. In Nevada, 2,468 votes by voters that legally change their address to another state or or country. 
Hmm. Not done. Approximately 42,000 voters who voted twice in Nevada. Well then. Approximately 1,500 voters listed as deceased. Why do the dead always vote Democrat, Mr. Producer? What's with that? It's 100%. Almost 20,000 Nevada voters with a non-Nevada mailing address voted. Approximately 6,000 USPS flags on vacant addresses. So the Republican Party actually sent people down to track down, apparently, these addresses. So people voting out of empty homes. Let's see what else. Almost 8,000 ballots cast by voters with addresses that are physically non-existent. Approximately 15,000 voters registered to vacant or commercial properties cast ballots. Now that seems a little problematic to me, doesn't it to you, Mr. Producer? Where's the evidence? Where is the evidence? Where is it? It's not enough for an election. That's enough to overturn an election in Nevada. Well, that's just one state. Then you go to Pennsylvania, how they unconstitutionally did. Well, yeah, what are you going to do? Disenfranchise 2.6 million voters? Well, look, well look, look what we have in today's hearing with the suitcases full of ballots. Well, you don't have it. That's not evidence. That's suitcases. We have hundreds and hundreds of affidavits. It's not enough. Well, the Russians were involved. Wait, they were? Oh, we forgot to tell you. Yes, the Russians were involved. Well, that's Trump. That's not Biden. The Chinese were involved to help Biden. Well, you can't prove that. No, no, no. The head of the FBI, what's his face? Mr. Uh, Chris Ray, yes, the, the Ray man. Where the hell is he? I, I don't know. Chris Ray, yeah, he said the Chinese want Biden to win. And our cyber guy, well, it doesn't matter. It's the cleanest election in America and has now 60 minutes had any integrity. They'd drag that guy's ass back on 60 Minutes. They'd present him with the Nevada vote and say, hey, how about this, pal? But they have no integrity. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. Here's the thing, folks. When the Democrat Party is systematically going through one state after another by hook or by crook, through judges, through administrative fiat, through Democrat legislatures, changing the rules to make it easier to commit fraud, and then legalizing fraud, institutionalizing fraud, things that were illegal the week before are now legal. Wouldn't you expect foul play? Why are they doing these things? 
Wouldn't you expect foul play? Isn't that the whole purpose? And we see what's going on in Georgia now. You have various groups that are under investigation for cheating. Because you have the Cloward and Piven plan going on now, they are just overwhelming the system. What I'm talking about here now is well beyond the capacity of the small cranium media to understand what I'm saying. They're overwhelming the system with mail-in ballots. So in many cases, even if you want to track them back, you can't. You have two states that have really cleaned this up, Florida and Ohio. They figured out how to do it. They have governors who really clamped down, particularly DeSantis. He said, all right, you know, he, he fires the Broward County nut job who's running there. He cleans up the whole system. They have checks in place. Yeah, you have to sign and get rid of signatures. You don't get rid of postal dates. You don't get rid of all that stuff. And so they make it work. But the Democrats went into other states to try and make sure it wouldn't work. The only party on the face of the earth other than the Communist Party and fascistic parties that behave that way. Even in Europe, with the mail-in vote and the fraud, they, most of the countries put an end to it. They don't want it. Same with Canada. But in America, the Democrat Party, if you're against fraud, you must be a white supremacist who supports oppression, suppression, regression, and all the other ends. Did you know your family can save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, which are ripping you off, in my humble opinion? Think about it. What could your family do with an extra $800? You don't even have to sacrifice coverage. You see, Pure Talk has exactly the same coverage, the same bars, the same network as one of those big carriers, but they charge you half, half, You definitely don't have to sacrifice customer service. Their team is based right here in America and are some of the nicest people you'll ever talk to. So I wouldn't wait any longer. Why blow money? It just makes no sense to me. You can even keep your number and your phone, or you can choose from a massive selection of the latest iPhones and Androids. But get unlimited talk, text, two gigs of data, for just 20 bucks a month. And remember, if you go over the data usage, they don't care. You don't pay anything for that. So, grab your mobile phone. You got it? Dial pound 250. Pound 250. All right? Now, say my name, Mark Levin. Dial pound 250. Say my name, the keyword, Mark Levin. And now you're off to the races. Now you're going to save money. That's Pure Talk. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. So we look at Georgia. Let me put it to you this way. If you live in Georgia and you can legally vote in Georgia and you don't vote, I'm going to put it my way. You're on American. When you know what's at stake here, if you're a registered voter in Georgia and you don't vote for the two Republicans in the Senate race, you're on American. You're on patriotic. If I could vote, I'd crawl on my hands and knees to get there and vote and make sure I took care of business. No games. No games. It's that simple. Why the hell would we help elect the enemy? The enemy! They're the enemy! They're not our adversaries. They're not Democrats. They're the enemy. 
Now look at this, Fox News, Andrew Kuyper. Who are the groups at the center of the Georgia election investigation? A group at the center of the investigation into voter fraud recently opened by the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad, hired contractors who were found to have forged ballot applications in 2014. So you have all these reprobate groups down there now trying to steal this election. The group is the New Georgia Project. Don't you always love the names of these crooked left-wing operations? The For the People Project. The Reform America Project. The Equal for All Project. And they're all scum. The group, the New Georgia Project, was founded by former Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. I'm never going to concede. Never, ever. This election was stolen from me. Stolen from me. Yay! Yay! Biden's considering her for vice president. People want her to be president. She still hasn't conceded. But Trump, and that Trump is mentally ill. I tell you what, he's rambling on and going on and on. Stacey Abrams, yay! Trump, boo! The New Georgia Project was founded by former Georgia gubernatorial candidate, left-wing kook Stacey Abrams, to help register new voters. Ultimately, the 2014 investigation found no wrongdoing by the group, but did cite 14 people for forging 53 voter applications. But that's not wrongdoing, you see. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? Well, there's the evidence. No, 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 where's the evidence? All those cited were working as independent contractors, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. On Wednesday, Raffensperger, Raffensperger, does he know Heilman, Mr. Producer? The Secretary of State announced an investigation into several progressive organizations. He alleged, quote, sought to register ineligible, out-of-state, or deceased voters. Oh, like Nevada. For the January 5 Senate runoff, among those named are vote forward. I, don't you look? We're only going to look forward here. We're never going to look backwards at, you know, the racists who founded the country. We only look forward at the Marxists. That's right. Look forward. The New Georgia Project and Operation Voter Registration Georgia and America Votes. <sighs> America Votes. Imagine I've issued clear warnings several times to groups and individuals working to undermine the integrity of the elections in Georgia through false and fraudulent registrations. Senator Offensperger, the security of Georgia's elections is the utmost importance, and then he goes on. Of course, when it came to the presidential election, he was uh, Helen Keller. The New Georgia Project, which was led by Democratic Senate candidate Raphael Warnock. Oh, there's another winner. There's another winner. He's running on Fidel Castro's uh, coattails. He's running on the Fidel Castro agenda. And he led it until February. He's accused by Raffensperger of several election violations, almost all of them involving sending voter registration or absentee application mail to people who are either deceased or ineligible to vote. I'm sick and tired of this discrimination against dead people. They're trying to suppress the dead Democrat Party people's vote and I think this is grotesque so here we have a guy running for the senate who's a preacher 
whose group is involved in registering dead people and people who are ineligible to vote. God told me to do it. God told me to do it. The progressive nonprofit, whenever you hear that word progressive, think Marxist, okay? Because the early progressives were very, very enamored with Karl Marx and Engels and Marxism. So on this program, we don't, we don't mess around with uh, words. We, we use the real words. The Marxist nonprofit was founded in 2013 and works to build the Marxist voting bloc in Georgia, largely by registering young people to vote. In the 2018 election cycle, the New Georgia Project reported $96,000 in payments, with two payments worth a total of $35,000 going to the Working Families Party. Well, who can be against the Working Families Party, Mr. Producer? They're working. They're working for families. And then vote forward, because they're not, you know, reactionary like the Republican. Vote Forward is a nonprofit founded by Scott Foreman in 2017. Oh, Scott Foreman. Well, who the hell is that schmo? I don't know who Scott. The Marxist group focuses on sending handwritten letters imploring people to vote. According to Open Secrets, a campaign finance database, the organization had no filings for 2020. Foreman, like many on the medium, has made a number of inflammatory tweets about President Trump and his supporters. He insinuated the president is, quote, a would-be dictator. Well, look, look, hold on now. This guy might get hired by MSLSD. Oh, yes, they like guys like that. I hire him. And a Barnacle. Barnacle. No offense. Can you imagine going around with a name like that, Mr. Producer? Hello, uh, paging Mr. Barnacle. Mr. Barnacle. Where's Barnacle? Barnacle. Look at the little barnacles. Oh, he's got little barnacles. Look at this. And so many little barnacles. He's got this. This barnacle's unbelievable. He's got barnacles. Generations of barnacles. American Votes is a much larger operation, conducting voter education and mobilization efforts in 20 states. Let's see. During the 2020 election cycle, according to campaign finance data, the nonprofit amassed more than $15 million in donations. Yeah, I'm sure all the left-wing kooks are donating to these groups. But they're not alone. My God, they're not alone. A Florida attorney... Now, no offense, these Florida attorneys, except the good ones who listen to this program, of course, I'm exempting you. So don't say, Mark, what are you talking about? I'm a big fan. I'm exempting you. You go to Florida. You been to Florida lately, Mr. Producer? You drive down 95 or the, the Florida Turnpike. Every 20 feet, there's one of these outdoor, what do you, you know, signs, billboards. Hey. Call Frank. Frank. There's no better personal injury attorney than Frank. And then they have a picture of some schmuck who got, Frank got this guy $50,000. Call 1-800-AMBULANCE-CHASER. They're all over the place. The billboards, the commercials, they're everywhere. You can't duck them. I've never, Florida's the way, I've never seen anything like this in my life. What's it take to pass the bar in Florida? 20 bucks? 
I don't know, but a lot of them are there. They're there. They're like the Grim Reaper at every accent. There they are. They show up before the ambulance, so they're not ambulance chasers. They're ambulance drivers, actually. All right, Florida attorney under investigation for registering to vote in Georgia, encouraging others to do the same. I think we call this more evidence, don't we, Mr. Producer? There's evidence everywhere. Everywhere. I can't even catalog it all. Send it over to National Review, would you? The Florida attorney is at the center of a new state investigation after elections officials say he recently attempted to register to vote in Georgia and instructed other Florida Republicans on how to do it. Bill Price is seen in a now-deleted Facebook Live video speaking to the Bay County GOP members in Florida. Bill, you know better than this. Bill. It's about a half an hour after the election was called for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris ticket. Who is this nut? Well, he's now infamous. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Producer, do you know what a Petrezzo is? It's a hemorrhoid. Zachary Petrezzo, he writes over there at Media. He's very obsessed with me. And listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. There's a headline. Mark Levin has been claiming for a month he's going to leave Twitter and Facebook in repeated posts on Twitter and Facebook. Now, this hemorrhoid obviously doesn't listen to the program. I said at the end of the month, I've said it last night, and I've said it many times. I'm leaving Facebook. The end of the month, by my calculation, Mr. Producer, is December 31. I also have said that we're going to continue to use Facebook and Twitter to repeatedly tell my audience I'm leaving Facebook. Join me at Twitter, at, uh, at Parler. Now, the posts say I, I will leave Facebook or Twitter. We're not leaving Twitter, as I also announced last night and have announced before, because so far they're not censoring me. That day will undoubtedly come. But in fact, but in fact, we are leaving Facebook at the end of the month, as I've revealed to you. And as a result of those posts, over 4 million of you are now following me over at Parler. But apparently Mediaite and the hemorrhoid are following me too. Must be a slow news day. But he's not the only one. We've seen this in the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes. People are very concerned about my going to Parler. And Parler, now they have painted it as a uh, neo-Nazi operation because that's what the freaks, frauds, and fools do at places like Mediaite. Mediaite doesn't create any independent or unique content. It just kind of hunt and pecks, cherry picks, if you will, and then put stuff up there. It's a very left-wing site. Zachary, you're a moron. You're an absolute moron. And now you're infamous. Nobody knew who you were before. Now they know. You are the Internet's hemorrhoid. Petrezzo is his name. P-E-T-R-I-Z-Z-O. A.K.A. the Internet's hemorrhoid. 
What can I tell you? Does this holiday season feel like it's been a long time coming? Well, let's make it worth the wait. Send the perfect gift. Send yourself something special. And bring families together for a delicious Omaha steak holiday feast. And right now, you can get the Deluxe Grillers Assortment, which includes perfectly aged top sirloins, juicy chicken breasts, yummy sides, yummy, and their famous apple tartlets. Plus, when you order their mouth-watering package, you'll get four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. I know this is great because I got it. And I'm a meat lover. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, into the search bar to order today. This exclusive offer is available only to my listeners and has a discount of over 50%. I want to strongly encourage you to jump in. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's a fantastic gift to share the joy of the season. And don't forget, when you order the Deluxe Grillers Assortment, you'll get four free Omaha Steaks burgers and a free digital meat thermometer with my code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. And it's a deal you won't find anywhere else. By the way, speaking of my show on Fox, Life, Liberty, and LEVIN, one day soon I want to have one of the most fantastic diplomats and ambassadors, really, really ever, and that I certainly have ever known, and that's Israel's ambassador to the United States, Ron Dermer. He was actually born in the Miami area uh, as an American, but he has been fantastic both for Israel and the United States and has been so prominent in so many of the advances we've made with the state of Israel. So in the near future, I'm going to have him on the program and make sure that America knows exactly who he is. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. From the non-existent office of the non-existent president-elect, Joe Biden, at a virtual roundtable yesterday, here's a message for you. You folks who make this country work, you folks who pay the taxes in this country so other people can take it from you, You folks who produce the food, who transport the food, who put the food on the shelves. You folks who make sure we have heat in the winter and air conditioning in the summer. You folks who build our automobiles and you provide us with our our gasoline. The mechanics out there, the electricians, the plumbers out there, the roofers, the construction workers. You folks. The police, the firefighters, the emergency personnel, you folks. Joe Biden has a message for you, and of course, he represents all of you. Just ask him, he'll tell you. I represent the little guy. Cut one, go. Look, I know I'm 
Trump always made fun of me. I'm always wearing this mask. But let me tell you something. That's not why he always made fun of you. He made fun of you because you're a blithering idiot. Go ahead. It matters. It's not about saving my life. It's about saving your life. All right, let, let's stop a minute. If wearing masks, as much as this, people in this society, this culture have been wearing masks, was bulletproof, was, was foolproof, there would not be this massive spike in coronavirus cases. Because you can't go into a retail store without a mask. Not one. People who go to church and synagogue and so forth, who are targeted by these people, they're wearing masks. And I have to say, I mean, think about what you do each day. You're seeing people wearing masks. The vast majority, here and there, no. But the vast majority, and they're wearing masks because they want to protect themselves. It's rational. And we're getting beaten up every day for not wearing masks, for not wearing masks. Mr. Producer, do you have masks? Do you wear masks? Does your wife wear a mask? Do your kids wear masks? Everybody I know is wearing masks. Everybody I know is wearing masks. So they keep beating us over the head for not wearing masks. I'll tell you what else. Everybody I know is socially distancing, quote unquote. So I don't know what they're talking about. Hey, man, take it seriously. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. They don't have any answers. The only guy who had an answer is the president of the United States who said, damn it, let's get some vaccines going here. Let's get some therapeutics going here. You can wear masks all you want. We got to kill this damn virus. We got to treat this damn virus. And our clothing ain't going to make any difference. And now he's attacked. He puts down Donald Trump. This man hasn't done a damn thing. He's not going to do a damn thing that matters. And we have vaccines that are already going to be pushed out. Go ahead. I have this mask on. I have the, I have the heavy one underneath it. When I have this mask on, it's less about me being safe. It's about me making sure that you're safe. No, no, it's not. Nobody's coming within six feet of you, you... You're such a fraud. How can we believe anything that comes out of his mouth? You know, for years, Donald Trump's a liar. Let's count the lie. This guy's been lying his entire life, and they don't keep track. Go ahead. It's a patriotic thing to do. It really is. You know, I hear all this about, well, it's a great sacrifice of my freedom. Uh, who says that? That it's a great sacrifice of my freedom. People are saying that are people who are having their lives destroyed, their businesses destroyed, their inability to practice their faith. Those are the people who are talking about the sacrifice of their freedom, not people wearing a mask. This is what I mean. This guy's a clown. Go ahead. Well, tell that to all the people who went to World War One and gave their lives in World War Two. Hold on, hold on. How do you tell it to all the people in World War One who gave their lives, Mr. Producer? They're not here anymore. So this is what we get from him. Now, cut two. Go. And I hope you all are listening as with all the trouble you're going through, you cannot be traveling during these holidays as much as you want. I I have a large family 
we are, you probably, I used to, Barack used to kid me about it. I mean, everything for me is family, beginning, middle, and end. When one comes, everybody comes. You think I'm joking? I'm not. I don't know what you're doing, quite frankly. So if you listen to these people, you didn't celebrate Thanksgiving, you're not celebrating Christmas. And it's worse. You've got these mayors and these governors shutting down places of faith, targeting religious people. Because let's be honest, many of these governors and mayors, they're secular progressives. They're not interested in faith anyway. It means nothing to them. But we have another Supreme Court decision today. Again, protecting religious liberty under the First Amendment. And again, the vote is five to four. Can you believe this? We can't even get John Roberts and the three radicals in the court to support the First Amendment. It's a disgrace. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled against a pandemic-related order. This is, this is how uh, UPI... I didn't even know UPI was there anywhere anymore. It shouldn't be called UPI, Mr. Producer. Just be called UP, I think. They ruled against a pandemic-related order. It's not pandemic-related. That's the problem. By California Governor Gavin Newsom banning some indoor religious services, agreeing with critics it's unconstitutional. A one-page order, the high court granted a petition from lawyers for Harvest Rock Church in Pasadena, California, seeking to set aside a lower court ruling upholding Newsom's ban. So you have to go all the way to the United States Supreme Court and get a 5-4 to decision to practice your faith. And we know what frauds all these people are. I won't go through the list. You've seen all these mayors and governors. You have this idiot from Austin, Texas. He's telling people, don't travel, stay home. And he's literally doing this Zoom from Mexico. He's in Mexico. This is how brazen these fools are. It's a 5-4 decision. 5-4 decision. The three radicals and, uh, and John Roberts. I guess we're going have to have to call him among the route. He, he is really a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Utterly appalling. Now here is the mayor of Los Angeles. They run such a, such a great city there. It's nice and clean. It's safe. Um, there's, it's, it's such a, a, a magnificent place. It's, it's almost like Disneyland. They, they don't even need police there. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it's, it's really, it's really wonderful. You want to take a crap? You just drop your pants right in the street. That's it. That's it. You want to do drugs? Do drugs. Throw the needle on the ground. No big deal. Whatever. You want a tent? You can put a tent anywhere. We can make these tent cities. You're going to enjoy it. It's a wonderful place. You know, Los Angeles used to be a magnificent city. It really was, like the state of California. And the left has killed it. It's killed the state. It's killed that city. San Francisco, in my view, the most beautiful city in the country. They've destroyed San Francisco. They destroy everything with their damn policies. Look at, look at Seattle and Portland. One dead city after another. Minneapolis, for God's sakes. But don't worry, they're for the little guy. Oh, yeah, 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 don't worry. Here's this guy, Garcetti. Cut three, go. The choices between us are stark. Between health and sickness. Between care 
and apathy. Oh, good Lord. They all think they're giving the Gettysburg Address. It's the most... Hey, you know what? What? It's between health and sickness, between care and apathy. Go ahead. And yes, between life and death. Actually, it's not between life and death. The mortality rate is very, very low. Unless, of course, you're in a nursing home in New York or New York City where you have these two slugs. Uh, one is Mayor DeCamio, and the other one is uh, Cuomo the Dumbo. Where you have these sort of man-made death traps. Hey, I have an idea. I'm Governor Cuomo. I'm the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> I'm smart. Yeah, I am. And you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do, dummy? Hey, you know what I'm going to do? And it's Trump's fault. Just remember that. Oh, the coronavirus patients? Yes. I'm going to put them in the nursing homes. What do you think of that? I think I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Actually, I'm talking too fast. It would be. Which way did they go? Remember that? Remember that cartoon, Mr. Reducer? Which way did they go? He's that. He's that big vulture. So a lot of these governors and mayors have killed a lot of people. You know, they talk about Trump. Trump didn't kill a single person. These decisions are made by mayors and governors. He's been taking the whip to the FDA, to NIH, to, uh, to little Fouch the Fouch, in order to get all this stuff done, and he has succeeded. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Ron Klain is the chief of staff-elect who would be serving the president-elect, should the president-elect actually be elected. Now, we've played this before, but I'm doing this for a reason. Remember Ron Klain in 2009, who had been Joe Biden's chief of staff when Joe Biden was vice president, talking about the handling of the 2009 H1N1 swine flu. Remember this? Cut, seven, go. Uh, I just had a couple things. I mean, I, I was in the White House in 2009, 2010. I was working for Vice President Biden. I wasn't involved directly in the H1N1 response, but I, I lived through it as a White House staffer. And what I will say about it is uh, a bunch of really talented, really great people working on it, and we did every possible thing wrong. And it's, you know, 60 million Americans got H1N1 uh, in that period of time. And it's just purely a fortuity that this isn't one of the great mass casualty events in American history. Had nothing to do with us doing anything right. It just had to do with luck. Uh, and so if anyone thinks that this can't happen again, uh, they don't have to go back to 1918. They just have to go back to 2009, 2010. Imagine a virus with a different lethality. And you can just um, do the math on that. Okay, we've done the math on it. Now, who was in charge of infectious diseases back then? Anthony Fauci was in charge of it. They also had this Ebola scare in the United States. It never amounted to much, quite frankly. But Fauci was on CNN today. And what did Fauci think of Ron Klain and the Democrats and how they handled themselves with respect to Ebola? Cut six, go. And that's how I got to work very closely uh, with Ron Klain, because Ron uh, was the coordinator or the czar for Ebola and did a spectacular job with that. And hopefully, you know, we can do the same sort of thing. See, Ron, Ron did a spectacular job. Trump really stinks. Pence, no, not so good. Ron was spectacular with the Ebola. We've never seen anything like it before. So Ron Klain says when they had the bigger problem, the swine flu, 
Boy, did we F up. I tell you what, we were lucky. Uh, absolute fortuity, if you ask me. It was a fortuity. And uh, we uh, a great mass casualty event. It could have been. You don't have to look at 1917. Look at 2009. Look at how bad we were. Look how we screwed up and F'd up. Look at us. I am, you idiot. And I really look at us. Now, us would include Fauci. Right? Folks, Fauci wasn't the one who pressed for the vaccine. The president was. Fauci's not the one who was involved in getting the the vaccine and the vials and the needles produced. The president was. And the president and his team was involved in figuring out how to distribute it. I mean, the Pfizer vaccine requires... 70 degrees below zero, so it's not so simple. You don't just throw them in the back of a van and move them. Or on a train and move them, you have to have really freezer cars. Or you have to have a lot of, uh, of, different, of, uh, carriage, uh, of uh, different kinds of cases and so forth to take care of it. So it's really appalling, this guy. Fauci's always been a liberal. He's a Democrat. He's a hanger-on. You're not in the same job for 36 or 37 years without crushing somebody who wants to move up. Oh, that Elizabeth wants my job. That's not going to happen. No way. Not going to allow that. Go ahead. Would you expect to stay on in your current role or hope to and uh, or another role? I don't think there's any hope to it. I've been in this job for 36 years. I keep in the same job with six administrations, I totally fully expect to be in this position. What contribution I will make uh, in the new administration depends on the new administration. But I I, I cannot imagine I'm not going to be involved in the COVID-19 response. I mean, that would, I think, be unheard of if that's the case. But we'll see. Uh, Fauci has a very low opinion of himself, doesn't he, ladies and gentlemen? I think so. What an egomaniac. Liberal Democrat, truthfully. And he's got this, this, this mentality, this know-it-all mentality, when there's so many brilliant, cutting-edge scientists all over the world and in our country in top institutions who've had so many significant disagreements with him. And now he says, yes, the kids should go back to the schools. He wasn't that emphatic four, five, six, seven months ago, even when the data said we should do that. Even when I was playing the NBC report, another started playing the NBC reports with all of these experts coming forward, these child experts coming forward saying, no, no, they need to go to school, all epidemiologists and so forth. And remember, the NBC reporter was shocked when every one of them, all five of them, said, yes, I would send my kid to school today. Fauci jumps to the front of the parade. That's what he does. He's a survivor. He's a self-promoter. I've never seen a bureaucrat on TV as often as Fauci. And he's not being asked even scientific questions. That was the, the outstanding Andrea Mitchell. Would you, would you expect to, uh, to stay on in the current role or hope to and, uh, or another role? What kind of milkshake do you like? Do you like chocolate, vanilla, mix of chocolate, vanilla? What do you like? Fauci. Dr. Fauci. All right. Mr. Producer, I don't have my call screen up. To whom shall I speak? Yeah. 
Washington State or D.C., my friend? All right, Washington State XM Satellite, Lynn, how are you? Hi, I'm fine this evening, Mr. Levin. I'm glad to be you on with you. You can call me Mr. 12. Mr. 12. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I called and I have not done this before. Yes. But after voting for 45, 50 years, yes. I am so frustrated and mad at these Marxist, frauds that are trying to run our country. What they have done is devaluized our citizenship. Yep, you're As right. As U.S. citizens, we have the right to vote. And what do you think of these people who say, just get over it? Just get over it. Roll over. Like, I'll wait till the next election. I kick them right out of the country. That a girl. All right, we got to go. Heartbreak. I'll be right back. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. I want to tell you a little story. I've had this for a few days. This is how the left changes history, lies about history. This is how they promote their their leaders, as I am trying to turn them into iconic figures. And then you, they create these myths around them, and they're passed on and passed on and passed on. It's called propaganda. And this is at lidblog.com. And whether you're Jewish or not, I hope you'll listen to this. It's about Franklin Roosevelt. Whitewashing FDR's abandonment of the Jews. But again, it, one of the points I'm trying to make is that the left rewrites history. This is by Raphael Medoff and Stephen N. Norwood. Franklin Roosevelt is widely remembered as a strong leader who boldly led America out of the Great Depression and the brink of victory in World War II. Yet when it comes to the Holocaust, some defenders of FDR's record want us to believe he was not responsible for keeping Jewish refugees out of America as if that was all the handiwork of his State Department, which supposedly ran U.S. immigration policy and foreign policy independently of the president's wishes. Sorry, but you can't have it both ways. Speaking recently at the University of Oklahoma, Professor Daniel Green continued to perpetuate the implausible notion that President Roosevelt was too hapless to make his own foreign policy. Remarkably, Green spoke for nearly an hour about America's response to Nazism and the Holocaust, yet barely mentioned FDR. Completing this poll grants you, uh, okay, this tendacious approach is consistent with the theme of the controversial exhibit. Listen to this on Americans in the Holocaust at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, for which Green was the senior curator. The exhibit has been criticized by many scholars for downplaying President Roosevelt's abandonment of the European Jews. Green told his Oklahoma audience that the reason so few German Jews were admitted to the United States in the 1930s was because of, quote, bureaucratic walls put in place by the State Department, unquote, as if the White House had no occupant. But what actually happened is that the State Department implemented Roosevelt's policy of restricting immigration far below what the existing law allowed. The annual quota of German immigrants, about 26,000, was filled only once 
in FDR's 12 years in office. It was less than 25% filled in most of those years. There are letters from FDR himself at the time in which he acknowledged and defended the fact that visas were, as he put it, quote, considerably underissued, unquote. There are documents showing the State Department officials briefed the president on their efforts to keep refugees out of the country. Equally troubling was Professor Green's deeply flawed description of the American response to the Nazis' Kristallnacht pogrom in 1938, when FDR was president. Green simply omitted any mention in the offer by the governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands to open his territory to Jewish refugees and FDR's rejection of the offer. The exhibit at the museum likewise fails to mention the Virgin Islands as a possible haven for refugees. Now remember, they were trying to escape for their lives. The sad truth about President Roosevelt and Nazi Germany in the 1930s, never acknowledged by Green or the U.S. Holocaust Museum, can you imagine? Because it's FDR. Is that FDR consistently sought to maintain good relations with Hitler's regime before the war. This is the truth, just like the New York Times covering up the Holocaust and the Washington Post covering up the Holocaust, American media. Under President Roosevelt, the U.S. government warmly welcomed the the, uh, swastika-bedecked German warships Koshru and Emden, which Hitler sent to American ports from 1934 to 36 to promote goodwill between the Third Reich and the United States. The warships visited American Atlantic, Pacific, and Gulf Coast ports at a critical time when Nazi Germany was emerging as a major military power. High-level U.S. military officials openly fraternized with the Nazi warship officers, helping to legitimize Hitler's rearmament program, which put all of European Jewry in extreme danger. With the assistance of Roosevelt's State Department, the U.S. Navy even helped the Nazi warships improve their combat readiness. FDR. In numerous speeches to American businesses and civic groups, the German warships officers aggressively promoted Nazism and Hitler's expansionist policies. The Roosevelt administration ignored fierce protests by American Jews and trade unionists against the Nazi warships' visits. The administration's policy helped Nazi Germany present itself as a respectable member of the community of nations, with many legitimate grievances. Green mentioned none of this, nor can it be found in the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum's exhibit. I want to remind you, this is the same Democrat Party that now is opening its arms to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran. The hosting of the Nazi warships was consistent with Roosevelt's policy of maintaining cordial, sometimes even friendly relations with the Nazi regime. From 1933 until the end of 1938, FDR never publicly criticized Hitler's persecution of German Jews. He never suspended diplomatic or trade relations with Nazi Germany before World War II. And even as many Americans were boycotting German goods in the 1930s, the Roosevelt administration helped the Hitler regime evade and boycott by allowing it to use deceptive labeling on their goods so that American consumers would not recognize their country of origin. Toward the end of his talk in Oklahoma, Green described how the Holocaust Museum's exhibit 
was intended especially for younger audience. So he and his colleagues polled high school students in advance. He said he was surprised when high school students didn't do well on the question of who was president in World War II. Sadly, neither the exhibit nor its roving spokesman is doing much to improve the situation. So long as they depict Roosevelt as the amazing vanishing president who suddenly goes missing when the embarrassing abandonment of European Jews is discussed, how could high schoolers be expected to know any better? And one of the authors, Dr. Medoff, is founding director of the David S. Wyman Institute for Holocaust Studies. Now, David S. Wyman wrote the first prominent book, I think, on the New York Times, cover-up of the Holocaust. One of three great authors who's done so. I guess I'm the fourth, but you know. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because history is important. Because the Democrat Party wants to open its arms to an Iranian regime, wants to put in place the same deal that Donald Trump so courageously ripped up. And we now know the regime in Tehran has been cheating all along, has been building nuclear arms all along, is several months away from having them. And they want to give them billions and billions of dollars and embrace them again. The Biden regime, should it, should it come into power? With all the Obama holdovers and all the Obama hacks, same people, same mindset. But the other point is, look who writes history. The Holocaust Museum of all places. The Holocaust Museum of all places. In many ways, Franklin Roosevelt was our first modern dictator. He shredded major parts of the Constitution. He unleashed the FBI and the IRS against his political opponents. He had publishers who were not supportive of him, investigated, and some were eventually arrested and prosecuted for violating this law or another law. He would have businesses shut down. He would nationalize various sectors of the economy. And I can go on and on and on. Because this is the knee-jerk response of the left and the Democrat Party. Power by all means. Power by all means. And this is the FDR record. This is the FDR record. And now you can also understand why DiCamio and Cuomo the Dumbo, who consider themselves FDR political progeny types, Now you can see why they don't have any problem targeting Jews in Brooklyn. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? And you know what's really crazy? 65 to 70% of the Jews vote for that party. I'm Jewish, and I point it out, of course. They vote for the party. The party that's going to rearm Iran. And they read the newspaper, the New York Times. The party that covered up the Holocaust. The uh, paper that covered up the Holocaust. Now, they're not alone, of course. Catholics, Protestants, atheists, so forth. But it's self-destructive. It's self-destructive. And the Holocaust Museum? Bring this guy in? The curator? And FDR's name doesn't even appear? 
And you don't have to be a great scholar to dig really, really deeply to find this out. It's in a number of publications respecting Franklin Roosevelt. A number of publications. But the propaganda war goes on, doesn't it? Donald Trump is Hitler. Donald Trump is the anti-Semite. Donald Trump is the racist, right? Not Woodrow Wilson. Not Franklin Roosevelt. Not Ayach or Omar or Talib. No, 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 no. Donald Trump. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Black Lives Matter is facing a rebellion within its own ranks as regional affiliates seek greater control over the movement and demand answers about where millions of dollars in donations have gone. This is in the Washington Times by Valerie Richardson. I bet you haven't heard this anywhere else. I'm going to expand on this tomorrow. Greedy Marxist bastards, that's what they are, yes. What happened to our money? They've gotten tens of millions of dollars from corporatists, from athletes, from morons galore. All right, Mr. Producer. To whom shall I speak? Go ahead. Give me a good one. Vinny. Vinny in New York on the great WABC. How are you, Vinny? Hey, I'm fine, Mr. Levin. Uh, Thank thanks you. for everything you do, your books, your radio, your TV. Um, I'm talking about something you talked about in the beginning of the show, uh, the hearing that was in Georgia. And one of the exchanges was just so absurd, it really accentuates what uh, Mayor Giuliani was saying, that these state legislatures have to treat this like they're going to die in battle. If they're going to vote a certain way to uphold the republic and lose their seat, they should do it. But this exchange that I heard was crazy. Um, one of the uh, presenters was talking about um, how they had the video of uh, an election worker having uh, baskets of the ballots under a table, and then after it was sent home, the same person uh, took them out, and they fed the ballots through the uh, machines for two hours. And she was They just kept sending them through the same machine. I mean, the same ballots through the machine. Yeah. That's and, what, and that's what they testified. And, and one of the questioners was saying, um, why asking why she was showing this that had been debunked for a month. And the the presenter was saying, what do you mean debunked for a month? And she went on, oh, everybody debunked it. She said, we just got this video like less than 20 hours, and mm-hmm. you're one of the first people to see. Yet the, the questioner was unable. She let her have it. She let the questioner have it pretty good, I thought. Yeah, that, but that's I don't, um, it makes it very disheartening to know that it that's is, the It is, it is, but we fight on. Thank you for your call, my friend. I know this is all depressing. I do. But here, I want to, I want to uplift you just a little bit. There are 74 million of us. 74 million of us. Between 70 and 80% of us know what took place here. We know. I want you to know they're really good lawyers volunteering their time, working morning, noon, and night trying to fight this. It's an uphill battle. We have difficult courts, 
difficult cases, even the best cases, are coming up against the establishment opposition. We have a weak underbelly in the official Republican Party, on Capitol Hill in particular. We have a, a virulent enemy in the Democrat Party that has created so much of this uh, anarchy and chaos, and intentionally so. And they're in the courts, and they're in the legislatures, and they're in the bureaucracy, and certainly in the media. We're up against the same forces we've always been up against. But be heartened. There's 74 million of us. You have a president of the United States who wants to fight at least a little longer to see how this works. We can get it, get it somewhere. And that's what we do. See, we're the real resistance. They control the bureaucracy. They control the schools and academia. They control the culture. They control the media. They have the power, and they claim they're the resistance, Mr. Producer. No, they're the problem. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all those patriotic lawyers out there. Give them hell. And don't forget Georgia. Do whatever you can to support those candidates, America. That's the battle line. That's the battle line. I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 